been waiting for this day for a long time. Oh, boy. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Disney Underground, your experimental podcast of tomorrow. It's September 14th, 2020. This is episode six, and I'm your host, Gene. We have a great show for you today. <laughs> we have a great show for you today, guys. We'll be announcing this week's trivia giveaway winner. We also have Sophia Espinosa from NBC affiliate WAND in Illinois joining us to talk some Disney talk. And we will also be talking about a separate giveaway that we're doing in our Instagram at The Magical Lifestyle. And it's actually a giveaway that we're doing in conjunction with WDW Magazine. So stick around for details later in the episode for that. Also later on today's episode, in honor of the release of the live action remake of Mulan, we will be discussing some of the past Disney live action remakes and where they live in Disney movie magic history. But first, before we get into all that, Let's do the Disney Underground roll call. So with us today, we have Dan and Stephanie. Hey. Hi. Ho. <laughs> How you guys doing? Awesome. Good. All right. And then we got Bridget. What's up, Bridget? Hey. Hey, now. Doing good. And then we have Angelina. What's up, Ange? And then we have Samantha. What's up, Sam? Hey, everyone. So glad to have you guys here today. As you guys know, we have a great show. Looking forward to hearing everyone's take on their uh, on their Disney live action picks. And we also have a new sponsor this week. This week's episode of the Disney Underground is proudly brought to you by Mouse and Magic Designs. They have a bunch of really cool Disney-themed products for sale. They sell face masks, key fobs, mouse ear straps, clutches, and cosmetic bags. And they all have this special Disney magic theming. So they're really cool. Make sure you check out their Instagram at Mouse and Magic Designs. You can also find them on their website, www.mouseandmagicdesigns.com. Okay, not only are they today's sponsor for the episode, they're also part of this week's giveaway as well. And so the prizes for this week's trivia giveaway is a cosmetic bag, which is Mad Tea Party teacup themed. And they also have two mouse ear straps. Um, those things are pretty cool. I don't know if you've seen them before. You use them to kind of uh, strap your, your Disney ears or your Mickey ears to your backpack or your bag or whatever you carry your stuff in. And those are two, both themed as well. One is a spaceship herb themed and the other is a Disney annual pass holder themed ear straps. So those are pretty cool. And so for the rules, uh, Samantha, why don't you hit everybody up with the uh, way to enter for these giveaways? So the way to enter, make sure you're following our Instagram at the underscore magical underscore lifestyle. Style, send us a DM with a trivia question answer. The correct answer enters you in the drawing with a chance to win the prize. One lucky winner will be selected from all contestants with the correct answer. The winner will be announced on the next week's episode, which will be uploaded on September 14th. You can answer from right now until Thursday, September 17th, 6 p.m. Eastern time. So good luck, guys. So there you go. And this week's trivia question Dan and Stephanie, what's the what's the trivia question this week? On last Wednesday's episode, which was uploaded on September 9th, Samantha gave her top five table service restaurants in Walt Disney World. What was Samantha's number one table restaurant in Walt Disney World? The winner will be announced on next week's episode, which will be uploaded Monday, September 21st. And now we get to give away last week's prize. Last week's answer was a Mickey apple. And Maggie Anderson had the correct answer. And she gets to win the Mountains Over Main Street Small World themed ears. So congratulations, Maggie. We will contact you on Instagram for your shipping info. Uh, thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. And uh, we really hope you love these ears from Mountains Over Main Street. Okay, now actually we have some really big news. You guys need to check out the Instagram page because we have 
a whole new separate giveaway over there. Uh, we're actually partnering up with WDW Magazine on it. So head over to our Instagram at the underscore magical underscore lifestyle and check our post from Sunday, September 13th. You'll have a chance to win one a free one-year subscription to the digital edition of WDW Magazine and also a $100 Disney gift card. Okay, so the rules for entry are, first, you need to be following both profiles, ours and WDW Magazine. So to be eligible for the giveaway, make sure you follow at the underscore magical underscore lifestyle. Also make sure you're following at WDW Magazine, all one word. Second, you're gonna need to like the post on our Instagram page. Thirdly, you're going to need to tag two friends. That's that's it, then you're entered. But Gene, how can they give extra entries? Well, they're not gonna give the extra entries, but they can get the extra entries. And I'm glad you asked, Dan. (laughs) I meant, (laughs) Gene, how do they get extra entries? So for the first two tags, they get an entry. Every additional tag, they get an additional entry. So if they tag a third person, that's an extra entry and so on and so forth. So if you tag 10 people, you get nine entries into this giveaway. Tag as many people as you like. You want to tag 10, you want to tag 20, you want to tag 30, you want to tag 1,000 if you can do that. But that's allowed. So, um, and you will have from now until the giveaway closes, which will be on 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on September 20th, 2020. So good luck with that one, guys. It should be, um, I mean, you guys are familiar with WDW Magazine. They do phenomenal work. I love their, I love their stuff. Just great insight to the parks, great photos. Dan, you actually, you have a subscription as well. So, I mean, I know you. I love it. So it's definitely, it's definitely worth it. And if you get it for free, even better, right? And you get a $100 gift card, which is even better on top of that. So. So good luck, guys. Um, check it out. Again, it's going to be on our Instagram at the underscore magical underscore lifestyle. Like the post, tag two friends, get an entry, tag additional friends, get more entries, and you will find out who wins it next week. And that now brings us to our guest for the episode. She is a Disney super fan. I'm sure you guys already know who she is. She's on an NBA NBC affiliate, WAND, and she is reporter and journalist, Sophia Espinoza. How are you doing, Sophia? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? We're good. We're, we're excited to have you on this week and uh, hear about your journey from Miami and from Florida all the way to Champaign, Illinois. It's got to be a tough adjustment and a big adjustment. 100%. <laughs> then officially a month, actually today. It's definitely nothing like Miami, I'll tell you that. Are you ready for the cold weather that's going to hit you in a couple months? Uh, that's everyone's number one question. I'm so over it because I know it's coming. I am ready for it. Actually, no, I'm not ready for it, but I will be. I will be. As soon as it gets closer to, well, today I went to Chicago and here in Champaign, it's 75. So I'm assuming, like in the day, so I was assuming I was going to be kind of the same in Chicago. So I went with like a crop top, like the cutest little like summer clothes. And then today it was like 60. So it was cold in Chicago. Yeah. And it's really windy. Obviously it's the windy city. So I had to buy, I went to like an H&M and I bought like a bunch of winter clothes. So I'm like, I'm not ready for this, but I got a little more, more ready by buying some clothes. So that's all that. That's all matters. That's all you can do. It's, it, and again, I'm from New York, so it doesn't nearly get as cold. I mean, it gets cold in New York. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't get as cold as it does in Chicago. So can I tell you something from someone from a cold weather city in yes, the winter? Please, please. You'll never get used to it. Okay. <laughs> You'll never really well, get used to it. You'll always hate I- it. That's fine because I only have to put up with this for two years. That's how long my contract is. And then I'm back in Florida, somewhere in Florida. Unless they offer you a boatload of money and then you stay. Yeah, maybe, but I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about it. you have you have a really kind of inspiring story. And I, I know I follow you on, on Instagram as you follow us as well. And just hearing like, you know, how 
how much you really stuck to, you know, you had a passion, you stuck to it. I'm Catholic and I, and I have a lot of faith in like every, everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. I, it's funny because when you say that you plan out your life to a certain degree, God is probably like, yeah, right. Like I'm going to watch, like I'm going to show you a different way. This is not going to go the way you planned. And my life is literally a testimony of that. So I actually was going to work for Disney and um, I was going to, after college, my plan was to work for the Disney college program postgraduate and do a six months after I graduate. So that was the plan. I applied for the program. I got in and then I auditioned to be a character. Going to be best friends with Mickey and Minnie and the chipmunks. And I was going to be in the parades and in meet and greets. And it was dream come true. To be honest, I had been wanting that since I started college, but it never panned out like with my course schedule. So I had to do a postgraduate. And that was going to be my plan. Do that all the way until January. And then in January, I would start looking for my career job and basically do what I'm doing now. And so obviously COVID hit and that door closed because Disney closed and the program got canceled. So as bummed out as I was, and I guess frustrated with the whole situation, it was out of my control. You know, like there was literally nothing I could have done. And so I kind of accepted it. And I said, okay, when one door closes, another one's going to open. Surely enough, a week after my program got canceled, NBC Miami ended up, I interned there last summer. So they, they knew who I, one of the producers reached out to me. He's like, we need a writer. We need someone to help with talent and all this stuff for the entertainment show. NBC Six in the Mix, it's called in, in Miami. Huge opportunity, literally exactly what I wanted to do. I want to go into the entertainment industry with um, like hosting and just like journalism, but like entertainment reporting. So I'm like, this is a perfect foot in the door. I'm not going to be on TV, but I am going to be like, my foot's going to be in with an entertainment company, which is really hard to start off in. And Miami, even better. I don't have to like leave away from home. So I was like, this is perfect. And then COVID. <laughs> made NBC not hire anyone new. I said like, yeah, we can't hire you, but maybe we'll try again in a couple of years. And I'm just like, okay. So then <laughs> at that point, I was like, I really have to dig deep. And like, what do I want to do? Because my both backup plans were like completely gone. So at that point, I applied to jobs all around the United States. I applied to every single state, just a regular on TV reporting job. And my goal was now just to have a something that's on TV because getting to start off where you're actually on TV and not a writer or a producer or something behind the scenes is really difficult. So I, I wanted to prove to myself that even though the first two options didn't work out, maybe something on TV can. I applied everywhere and it was very frustrating because I, I was applying to places every single day. I want to say three months. Yeah, there wasn't a day book that didn't go by that I didn't send out one application or just something on YouTube or something along the lines of like trying to get a job. And then uh, surely enough, one of the days where I was very discouraged and I was very upset, it had already been like maybe three and a half months into the process. That's when this TV station, WAND, here in Champaign, Illinois, which by the way, I had to look up. I had no idea where this place was. <laughs> I had never heard of this. All I know about Illinois is Chicago. And so they're like, hey, we found you on YouTube. We saw your stuff. We think you'd be a great reporter for us. Um, you're going to be on air. You're going to be in Champaign, which for the people who don't know, Champaign is um, a college town. It's where the, the, the state university is. And you know that where the state university is in every state, that's like the young place to be just because mm -hmm. everyone's your age so the the nightlife is great lots of coffee shops also, like lots of things that i feel like people my age really enjoy so i thought about it and then i the more i thought the more it made sense because i told myself i'm here applying to all these places this place reaches out to me it's one of those things where it's like i think this is fate this is like my calling you know because how could i not take it at this point and so i did i took it and within a month i had already found my apartment and i had already did the road trip from miami up to here which is about 22 hours it was brutal but it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be and now i'm here and i've been already a month i'm loving the job
job. I'm loving the city. Um, I love how close I am to Chicago. It's just an hour and 45 minutes. So it's not too bad. Definitely have had some like homesick struggles and like obviously getting adjusted to the job. But I feel like that comes with anything, no matter Mm -hmm. what growing up in general so you know i'm happy but it definitely was a a difficult roller coaster to get here (laughs) you know what's really cool and it's really like kind of endearing to your story too is like a like i said when you shared how many places that you sent out your your video and your youtube stuff too and and you just kept you were persistent you just kept you know you knew what you wanted to do said no i'm not gonna take over an answer i'm gonna find a place and a place found you which is even better but one of the cool endearing things about it is is and that you always share it on your instagram is even when you make a mistake you say hey guys look at me i'm like a regular person i make mistakes too kind of a thing and it's it's actually really like just cool that you you know you don't take yourself too serious you know it's your profession and yet you could still say hey listen i got a blooper reel check it out and you just show you like kind of like behind the scenes of a you know, young girl in a new city with a new job and it's it's really kind of just really cool yeah you know? i definitely I'm, I'm big on like ever since social media was actually a thing i've always been big on posting about my life it was one of those things where maybe like years ago when i was starting college and i'm constantly posting about everything people were kind of like why is she posting that she's going to get the mail you know like obviously I never did that to that extreme but like I really enjoyed sharing my life because I do have certain people especially my my entire family is in Venezuela I have a lot of them that follow me and they keep up with me in that way and so me posting about my life first started to be something about just showing my family and then I would see like I'd post a blooper in college and someone would go oh I didn't know that you actually messed up but that you just can only do it in one take and that's it and I'm like no like unless it's live we have several takes and all this stuff and it's just like I found it interesting that people found it interesting like some of the things that I would do and I'm super like by by people I mean like two three four <laughs> people like not, nothing big but it's still something and now especially I think in the past couple of months my my channel and my Instagram has really been like going up steadily I think it's because I'm being more open like a blooper or me being homesick. Like, I know that there's some people who I posted a whole video about me being homesick and I cried on camera. And my sister, like, who's like very not like me, she's like, Why would you do that? Everyone saw you crying. Everyone saw you. And I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I don't want people to think that everything is all fine and dandy. I see people on Instagram and people like in social media whose lives just look so perfect. And maybe that's what they want people to think. People that like, I don't know, like every everyone struggles, even if you're someone who just got her first career job and you're sort of living the best life with struggle with moments that you struggle as well. Well, and that's one of the videos too that I thought was really just inspiring is is you show people that this is real life and it, it, there is a struggle like you like we said you're just in a new town, new job, new career. It's okay to get homesick. It's okay because it's going to happen to the best of us. It's going to happen to anyone that gets put in a situation like that. It's okay to just, you know, just take a breath, sometimes cry. And yeah. I think people needed to see that. And I think that's one of the things that, that, that kind of brings people to your channel, to YouTube and on, on your Instagram is I think they get to see it like that you're actually not phony, that you're real. They get to see the down times and the good time. And you're very honest with your, with your audience. And I think that's what people appreciate. And in fact, I just caught Sophie's sofa. Um, yes. did an episode of that. And I was like, wow, she's actually re- like, you just, you should be a talk show host. Well, that's my goal. That's, that's, that's like, gotta be the next, the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously there's every single person who has some sort of talk show, whether it be Ellen, or bruh they all have such different paths mm-hmm. some people were just famous actresses and then they're like yeah i want to have a talk show now and then they get it because it's nice and simple like if demi lovato wanted a show she'd probably get one in a heart <laughs> yeah. you know? people like me kind of have to work their way up to something and then eventually get to that point and i love talking to people when i go to disney and i'm in the lines my family hates this about me but i love it even my friends they hate it too i'm the one that turns around let me know where you're from and then they're like oh i'm from alaska and i'm like 
well, what's in Alaska? And then I spend the whole line talking to this person. I get to know someone and they ask me about me and then I tell them everything. And it's like, I love connecting with people in that way. And so I've always wanted to do it on a grander scale. And I'd love to do something like that, obviously in the future. We have to start small. If I said reporting was my passion, I'd be 100% lying. And I think that's where people have to realize that you have to have like smaller goals before you have your bigger goals. Not everyone can start where they want to be. And my best friend and I were in the same boat where we both want to be entertainment reporters. Unfortunately, you first have to make a name for yourself and have a reputation within the TV industry. And now some people start in this different positions all over the place. But I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go the reporting route because I, I know how to report. I think I can be personable on camera to this community. I'm still doing kind of what I liked and what I learned. You got to crawl before you can, you got to crawl before you can walk, as they say. Exactly. Exactly. Before you can run. So you're right now, you're just, you know, like one plus one equals two. So you're just at step one right now. Exactly. I was just going to say, when, when did you realize you wanted to be in journalism and be like a, a talk show host? When did you know like what your dreams are now? When did you realize that's what you want to do with your life? So uh, growing up, I wanted to be a doctor because <laughs> I feel like everyone at some point in our life wants to be like a doctor or a lawyer, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then eventually you're like, yeah, that's not going to work out for me. But then I came to notice my personality and that's what really like, I'm like, I like to talk to people. I like to tell stories. I'm the type of person, if, you, if I'm telling you a story, I will like start from the be- very beginning to the very end and go different routes before I get to the final. My sister's like, just tell me I what happened. I'm like, yeah, like, you start segueing into like, totally different conversations just because, and you're like in a whole nother category now. Yeah, yeah. The same thing. Exactly. Because I like painting a picture for you mm-hmm. and I like doing that with my words and stuff. And so um, I think I took a personality test once and it mentioned journalists, but I don't, that wasn't the definitely wasn't the moment but it's something that I took into account and then oddly enough I tell a story all the time I kind of want to make a YouTube video on it but I had a professor or a teacher and he was my civics teacher seventh grade he would call me Vivian even though obviously my name is Sophia because he said that I looked like the weather girl from channel 7 here in Miami whose name is Vivian Gonzalez and so every day he'd call me Vivian he's like you look just like the weather girl and I'm like the weather girl and then one day I ended up watching a whole channel 7 newscast and I saw the weather girl and I'm like that's interesting like she's just like telling everyone the weather and she's on TV. So that's where the idea was like planted in me. So then when I went to apply to college, I applied to University of Miami and I saw what programs they were good at. I saw they had a very good broadcast program. And so I love to talk and I kind of went into it with let's see how it goes my first semester. And then if I like it, I'll stay. But if I don't, I'll, I'll move. So I just thought that was a good place to start. And my very first day of college, my first class, my teacher, she was a, she was an anchor one of the lead anchors at NBC for like I think 15 years and she was my teacher for television performance and it was all about how to be in front of the camera and our first day she goes all right everyone's gonna stand up and everyone's gonna pretend there's a hurricane coming and you're at the grocery store go I stood up there and I was so nervous the hurricane is coming right behind me we see that there's no water bottles and I do this whole thing right like if I'm so it was like improv yeah like improv and I used to do like um acting in middle school nothing super serious but I learned improv there so I guess like I tapped into that and then after after class, my, my professor pulled me aside and my drama scared little freshman, you know, my very first day of college. And she goes, Hey, Sophie,
be like, I want you to know, out of everyone in this class, you are one that I see 100% on TV. So where, uh, where does your passion from Disney come from? Were you always into Disney even as a little girl or was it something that came later on in life? So uh, Disney, ever since I was a little girl, for sure has been something that I liked more than the average person. When I would come home from a weekend trip to Disney and tell all my friends about it, I was like so excited to show everyone and like, I did this, I did that and whatever. When other people are just like, yeah, I went to Disney, I had fun, you know, like, so I was definitely like, there was something extra there. And um, growing up, definitely I was like that girl who loves to go to Disney, would go all the time. I loved it. I didn't mind. And I lived in Miami. Well, at the time, obviously, I grew up there. And so going to my to Disney was like extremely easy and simple for me. And when I started co- uh, high school, my dad actually works in Orlando on Mondays and Tuesdays. And so at that time, when it would be like summer or spring break or winter break, or I didn't want to go to school Monday, Tuesday, I would just go up with him and I had the annual pass. So I'd go to the parks while he was working. I'd go to the park one day and then come back with him the next day, like super casual. Some people would be like, you drive four hours to go to Disney. I'm like, I love it. There's just something about it. And there came a point where it definitely took the next step and became even more to me. Um, so I was actually like in a relationship for a really long time, practically my entire growing up life from like middle school all the way to after high school. And uh, it was one of those things where it was like high school sweetheart. And it was like that puppy love that I'm sure a lot of people experience. And uh, that didn't work out out we broke up I'm sure like the first heartbreak especially for a girl you don't know how cruel the world actually is you're like holy okay that really hurt and that summer my parents were like shoot she's like depressed (laughs) like what's wrong with her and I was I was going through a rough time because at that time that was my world you know Mm -hmm. and so that summer my parents um had renewed my annual pass because at that point I didn't have it and my dad's like you're gonna come to Disney with me every single week because they know that that was my happy place and for me Disney as oddly as it sounds it got me through that really really rough time of my so-called world at the time like coming down and being destroyed and it got me through my breakup and I kind of felt like it was meant for me to go to Disney like that entire summer all the time and there's this one wall in Animal Kingdom that I remember going I was going with a friend I went to go eat and as I'm eating in front of me there's a wall in Animal Kingdom that says we repair broken heart and it's like a heart and it's like a a painted heart it's broken and then it has like a band-aid on it and I remember reading that and I'm just like I have been to Disney so many times and I've never seen that wall. So I kind of took it as my sign. I'm just like, this is my place. This is my place. Like Disney is it for me. It's one of those things where it's just nothing matters. When I go to Disney, nothing matters except how long a ride is, how long I have to wait to get food. The food's too hot. Like just it's the silliest things that you have to worry about and you leave your troubles and you leave the real world out the door. And I think no matter how old you get, it's important to always have that kid spirit in you because the world is so tough as it is, especially growing up now that I'm on my own and and I'm starting to like, you know, see that things aren't as fun and rainbows as you would want them to be. Like this is the real world now. Disney isn't. Disney is like a real magical world. So why not take that opportunity to when you go to the parks to feel very happy and I feel like everyone has that sort of place like to some people it might be the gym other people it might be like a soccer field and so it's all about finding your happy place and to me it's Disney I love going with kids because when you go with kids you see it through their eyes and there's nothing better than like when I go with my little cousins and they really think that's Mickey and Minnie and you're like the innocence that comes with Mm -hmm. like I don't know like a magical world and I will never be able to get over it and that's why definitely one of the reasons why I want to live in Florida 
Florida because I want to, I want my kids to experience, my future kids, hopefully to experience the way I was brought up with Disney. And I want to be that family that associates like, I guess, vacation with Disney and just like be near it in one way or another. Like no one can be upset in Disney. No exactly. one. Like, exactly. It's, oh, it's impossible. I don't believe you if you've had a bad day in Disney, you know? It, like you said, it's everybody, it's, it's a happy place. It's mine as well. You know, when I go down there, it's like, is not a care in the world. I'm and I'm 40, so it's like for me, you know, I still act like I'm 10. To me, like when you say get to see through a kid's eyes, like I feel like I still see it through a kid's eyes, even if I'm by myself. Yeah, it's one of those places for me. It's like no stress. The stress just eases away. It's like a totally different different atmosphere. It's like the air is just different down there. You know. Yeah. Once you get under that, once you go under those gates, the Disney World, it's like a totally different experience, like in life in general. So it's awesome. I think the way the park is like manufactured and like just made in general is so perfectly made like in the sense that you walk through main street and you know like there's mm-hmm. they put smell like scents that come out of the floor and it smells like like cookies and then whatever and just associating that smell with like watching the castle and don't even get me started on watching like happily ever after or like wishes like the shows that are on the castle at nighttime like those just make you cry because <laughs> they're so good and you know um no matter how old you are there's like there's per- something for you at disney and one thing i realized as i got an older is that I think I go through stages of what my favorite part of Disney is. And like right now, for the past two years, it's been Epcot. Because I feel like Epcot, it's like the grown-up Disney. If I want to go with a friend who isn't so much into Disney as I am, I'm not going to take them to Magic Kingdom. They're just not going to appreciate it as much as I am going to. I take them to Epcot because I tell them we can drink every single drink from different countries. We can eat from all of the countries, you know, get a little bit happy because of all the drinks and all this stuff. And it's like, then they enjoy it a lot more. And then they kind of see it the way I see it. But I think it's perfect that Disney has like stages of what type of person you are. So people my age probably love Epcot. People who love animals will probably love to go Animal Kingdom. There's something for everyone. And I love that. Epcot is like the theme park for foodies, I always say. You know, it's like you have rides and then you have food and it's like a ton of different food. So you can just like eat a ton of different stuff. Like every 10 feet there's something totally different. Especially when there's like festivals. Oh, I love it. They add even more places and it's just, oh God, it's so good. (laughs) So let me ask you what's on your Disney bucket list. There's something you haven't done that you want to do with Disney. Yeah, I want to visit all of them. So I've been to the one in Orlando and the one in Paris and they're both beautiful, beautiful. The one in Paris, I wouldn't say it's more beautiful in Disney that they're all beautiful in the same way, but it definitely like it's European you know and like mm-hmm. just everything in Europe is just freaking gorgeous one of the best places I've been so far for sure so visit all the Disney's I'd love to work for Disney definitely on my Disney bucket list Um, whether it be a custodian or someone at a hotel I don't care just something like say hey I've worked for the Walt Disney Company I have um, always said the same thing I said I'll just drive the Magical Express I don't even care I just want to <laughs> yeah. check it has a mouse on it that's all I want exactly me too I want Mickey to be my boss I also really want to um the Animal Kingdom Lodge so I I've stayed there before when I was younger and I sort of remember but now that I'm older I really want to experience it again and I want to be like one of those rooms that you go out and the animals are out mm-hmm. there I've just heard that it's beautiful which is obviously expensive DVC it yeah I've, I've heard so much about that but to be honest I've never looked into it I don't want to look into it until I know I can do it. I consider it. Yeah, because I don't want to get excited about it, you know? We're DVC members and I've never regretted it once. That's true. And then last thing on my bucket list, um, to get married in Disney. I did that as well. I know. I heard you say it. I'm so glad. You did it at Seabreeze Point at the boardwalk. Through Disney or do you do that with like a, a wedding planning company and they No, nope, Disney. They actually have their own wedding planners and stuff that help you with everything. So they set it all up and yeah, it was cool. So depending on the size of the party is is where you where you go. We didn't bring a lot of people. We only 
only had like 20 something people so it fit there so we didn't do the big 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 chapel i come from a huge family yeah you're gonna need the one that's over at grand floridian that holds like you know a million people and you're local so you would have a lot of people we were from new york so we didn't you know we didn't expect a lot of people to fly down to florida for us it was easy to do it light you're from you're local so you're gonna have a lot of people oh goodness gracious husband doesn't have a big family so i just have to worry about mine Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you a couple of the rapid fire Disney questions. First thing that comes to mind when I when I ask you your favorite. You ready? Okay. Favorite park. Epcot. Favorite ride. Rock and roller coaster. And favorite snack. Oh, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm gonna say the Mickey sandwich, the ice cream Mickey sandwich. Cool. And last but not least, favorite Disney villain. Oh, I don't like the villains. Gaston. <laughs> okay. Actually, one other quick question. Yeah. If you could spend the rest of your life in any resort, they said you have a lifetime pass to live in this resort. Which hotel? Which resort would it be? Grand Floridian. It's so classy. That so- lobby when you walk in is like just so that's where i did um when i turned 21 that's where we had like my 21 brunch felt like i was like royalty Great. A lot of good places to eat there too. Yeah, exactly. Narcoosies. So and then good. you can get married in the chapel right next door. I saw so when, when we went, someone was getting married. And I'm like, I'm telling my parents, like, that's where I'm going to get married. And all my friends are like, you have to have a boyfriend first. <laughs> I'm like, I know. It's a struggle. I hear you. So we want to thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Was, thank you so much for having me. Uh, loved it. We, we loved having you. Please tell everybody where they can find you on social media. If they aren't already following you, they need to. You have... <laughs> Great content. And again, you get to know not just the Disney side of you, but to actually know the reporter side of you, just the real person side of you. And I think people will really appreciate it. And I think they can learn a lot just from seeing your adjustment, a huge adjustment. But where where can they find you? So um, I'm pretty much the same on all social media. It's just my first and last name, which is Sophia Espinosa, but uh, just in case, S-O-P-H-I-A-E-S-P-I-N-O-S-A. And then TV. So most of my handles have TV on them. And you'll find me because you'll, it's obvious. You, my, this, my bio says Disney. So like, if you see that that's me guys definitely check her out you're gonna definitely love her content she is hysterical adorable (laughs) sweet and really talented so check her out um we'd love to have you on again sometime you know uh, let us know what's going on and and um you know maybe you'll be back in florida soon so yeah so uh, i plan on coming back in december definitely going to disney so i'm gonna have so much con disney i'm gonna take so many pictures so i have enough content to last me like six months because because covid i haven't been able to go and it's like people are gonna forget that i love it Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. And that's actually going to bring us to this week's Disney TV and Movie Minute. And bringing that to us this week is Dan and Stephanie, my favorite Midwesterners. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. Coming to Disney Plus this Friday, September 18th, we have Becoming, a new series that tells the uplifting stories of some of the brightest stars in the world of sports and entertainment. This docuseries will feature stories on the beginnings of stars such as Adam Devine, Nick Cannon, Julianne Huff, Rob Gronkowski... and many more. We will get to visit their hometowns and meet the teachers, coaches, family, and friends, which all had major impacts on their rise to fame. All 10 episodes will be available on September 18th. Next is One Day at Disney, episode 142. This episode, we get to meet Dr. Natalie Malasenko, a vet at Walt Disney World. Watch Dr. Natalie as she gives checkups to the residents of Disney's Animal Kingdom to where she travels abroad to help ensure the survival of our world's most vulnerable species. That sounds good. I want to see that. That does does look like it'd be a good one. Yeah. Number three, we have Morning Light, the 2008 documentary about 15 young sailors and six months of training at sea. Number four, we have Bend It Like Beckham, 2003's film starring Keira Knightley, Pam Adair, Nagra, (laughs) 
This is the comedy about the daughter of Orthodox Sikhs and how she rebels against her parents' traditionalism and joins a soccer team. Uh, <laughs> next is India from Above. Europe from Above, season one. <laughs> Coop and Cammy Ask the World, season two. Kingdom of the Mummies, season one. A docuseries follows a team of archaeologists led by Dr. Ramadan Hussein. Notre Dame, Race Against the Inferno. This is a documentary about the horrific fire at the historic Notre Dame Cathedral in 2019, which was brutal. Uh, yeah. So, Brutal. Once Upon a Time finally comes to Disney Plus, and now you can enjoy seasons one through seven. And Wicked Tuna, season nine. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody excited about anything coming on Disney Plus this week? Once Upon a Time. I haven't watched the show in so long, and I would love to rewatch that. Um, I'm excited to see Once Upon a Time as well. I haven't, you know, I, I you would think I would have dabbled into that series at one point. I haven't even seen that series ever. So, like, I'm completely new to it. So I just never had a chance really to, to binge watch it, but now I guess I'm going to be able to. That and also Becoming, produced by LeBron James, it looks really cool. So, and now that brings us to this week's Disney news. Dan, Steph, what do you got for us? Uh, fans of the Epcot attraction poster serigraphs will be happy to know that there are three new posters that celebrate the park's most famous nighttime spectaculars now available on Shop Disney. There will be posters for the Millennium Celebration, Illuminations, and Harmonious, and they will have a limited availability of only 300 per poster. They are created using the printing process that were used to make the original Disney Park attraction posters. Hello! And they each retail for $90, which seems like a lot, but it really isn't for a limited mm -hmm. run of 300 Now, I have kind of a gripe about Disney posters. <laughs> um, my big thing, and this kind of goes with the calendars because I'm a collector of the calendar attraction posters, is nowadays you can't even get them because of the eBay hoarders. And I really feel like these are available on Shop Disney. Now, I love that they're doing this run, but I really feel there should be, you know, a cheap version after that, like a 12 by 18 or something that's not run like these, but just a regular print that you can get if you don't want to go the full route, you know, which they don't normally do because I'm obsessed, obsessed with these attraction posters. I don't know. I they wish they would cool. do something about this. Yeah. And you know, you know, they might, that might be just their initial launch of it might be this, and then they might do something where it's so that way everybody can kind of take advantage of this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm a designer, so I just really love that style mm -hmm. particular for the attraction posters. It's all, you know, kind of the same. My beef mainly comes with the calendars. It's just so hard to get those calendars anymore. And it's like, there's got to be a way to figure that out. And, you know, the same with Funko Pop, or as I call them, you can't have these pop. Because it's like <laughs> those new Disneyland ones they announced, you can't even get them. That's, that's true. There's a lot that they'll put out and it's like, but where do you find it? It's like, and they sell out like in minutes. Yeah, they just, hey, we're going to put these out to make you feel bad. Yep. They don't. <laughs> I mean... Anyway, it's like winning the lottery, being able to win them sometimes together. I mean, to be able to, yeah. to get them sometimes. Yeah. So what else you guys got? Well, over in Hollywood Studios, you can visit Backlot Express and get a new Halloween treat called. OK, you guys get ready for Ooh. this. 
It's called the Box of Bones Chocolate <laughs> Eclair, and it retails for $5.49. This chocolate eclair is covered with dark chocolate mousse and has a solid white chocolate bones sticking out of the middle. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. However, if you're in the mood for something with a little more pumpkin flavor, then you can head over to Pizza Rizzo's and get the pumpkin cheesecake cannoli for $4.99. The cannoli is made of pumpkin cheesecake with a hazelnut praline crunch and wrapped in a cannoli shell. Oh. I know it sounds so good. <laughs> If you want to live a little on the dangerous side, you can visit the Trolley Car Cafe in Hollywood Studios and get yourself a poisoned candy apple for $5.99. This is made up of a caramel mousse, red glaze, and a crunchy candy base, and it comes in a clear box so you can take a picture before you devour it. <sighs> Definitely worth a try if you dare. I guess it's up your alley. Man. I know. They all sound really good. Even if there was like gross meat on a stick because Stephanie mm. doesn't eat meat, but it was at the trolley car cafe, she'd still go I there just would. to go to the yep, trolley car yes, cafe. I would. That's my favorite. Has anybody had the candy apple ever? No, when you say candy apple, do you mean like the Mickey apple? No, the, or are you talking about this poisoned apple? Well, not necessarily the poison, but just the candied apple, you know. Yes, I have. Yeah. What, yeah. Is, what is the deal with that? Because I always want it, but I'm scared because of my teeth. How, how do you eat that? Wait, are you talking about the big ones that look like Mickey's? No, no any, any candy, just any. Oh, you so mean in general? It's a hard shell, but it's not thick. And you have a soft okay. apple underneath it. So when you go to bite into it, it will, it'll crumble. It'll crack okay. into smaller pieces and you can just chew it. I'm in. Oh, yeah. And it's <laughs> delicious because it gives it like that sweet and then sour because it's normally like a green yeah. apple. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's good. They have yeah, them at amazing. the state fair here too. And I just, I just am like, how am I going to get through that? Yeah. Do you like bite on the side or like what, you know, how do yeah, you do it? Yeah, that's cool if it crumbles. What yeah. I do is sometimes I'll take it off the stick and I'll yeah. slice it in quarts. And that's because that's right with the Mickey apple. The Mickey apples are huge. I don't know if you guys have yep. seen Mickey yeah. apples. Oh, yeah. They're like the size of like softballs. They're huge. And what I'll do is like they actually will cut them for you there in the parks as well. When you buy them, they offer to court them. So that's the same thing. I do that. So that way it's a lot easier. I don't have to worry about breaking my teeth because like, you can get a better bite onto it. Right. So, but I get yeah, that but same. Yeah, just digging in is so satisfying. <laughs> you know what it is when you dig it like that? I'm always afraid I'm going to get it like on my face. And I got a beard. So when I get it like on my face, it's like in my beard. Yeah. And then it's a pain in the neck to get out. Like without a beard, maybe. Oh, yeah. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> does the candy apple get in your peach rose there, Bridge? Yeah, not really. <laughs> so what else we got? Well, Walt Disney World has announced that they will be canceling Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party at Magic Kingdom and the Candlelight Processional at Epcot for the holiday season of 2020 because of large crowds they draw. That is a bummer. Really? Not bad. surprising, though. No, That's not surprising. Crazy. But, it, you know, obviously things are going to have to go back to normal before they can we can have the fun that we used to have at the parks. But, you know, you just I think at the time we just always thought that everything would be back to normal in time to enjoy these festivities. And there's people that might base their Disney trip around like we actually, you know, we spoke about it last week. There's mm -hmm. people that base their Disney trip around the seasonal events. You know, you have people that always go for the candlelight processional every year. Maybe that's what they like to do, and they always that go. would be me. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, and, and it's 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 a bummer that you know, and that's such a great event. Like we said last week, it's one of those events that's so different from everything else that they do. It's such a different mood and such a different tone that it's it's a great event, and it's it's, it's a shame to not see it. But I get why they can't. I'm not you know I'm not blaming anybody for it. But, but Stephanie, do they get anything at Christmas time? <laughs> 
(laughs) Dan, I'm glad you asked that because guests will still get to enjoy the holiday themed decor. Yes. Seasonal food and beverages and holiday themed merchandise all through Walt Disney World from November 6th through the end of December. You will find festive floats at Animal Kingdom, holiday motorcades at Hollywood Studios, holiday promenades at Epcot, and character cavalcades with holiday themes. Thank goodness. There you go. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good cavalcade, you know? Always. Always. That's a shirt right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just here for the cavalcade. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, got a trademark that. There's actually, I got a question about what we're just talking about, Steph, and you'd probably be the best to answer it. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Steph, how does yeah. NASA organize parties? Hmm. How does NASA organize parties? You got me on that one. They plan it. Ah! I think it's funny. Yeah. Well, oh, tune in for the dad jokes. Funny story. Dan, can I mention? Can I mention? So I'm talking to Dan earlier. Yeah. Me a screenshot. Do you know what I'm saved as in his phone? Dan, tell us. Gene Efron. Oh, that's so great. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. So I told him because he texted me and I'm like, I'm just laughing because every time you text me, your name ID comes up. And I'm sure he was like, why is that funny? I think I might use that as my profile pic on my personal page now. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I'm I'm officially watching Down to Earth, Zach Efron's show about uh, like energy (laughs) conservation because... Horrendous actor. Yeah, he's very (laughs) modest. That's awesome. So Because immediately he said, I'm the better of the two Efrons. (laughs) I didn't even do that. I, I'll be honest, I didn't even know I need to say. I was waiting for Dan to say that first. <laughs> and then he, he wouldn't say it. So I'm like, just in case he forgot, I am the better of the two Efrons. There's Zach and there's Gene. Oh. Put him on the scale. <laughs> Angelina, so you Should it, we right? all change it? Should we all change it to Gene's Efron? <laughs> I think we should. Yeah, I'm going to change it. Let me. When I get a chance, I'm going to have to put a now. profile pic in yeah. there, too. Yeah, I think, I think Samantha's <laughs> on to something. I'm going to have to change my contact. Sure. Well, while changing. we're doing that, while we're all changing our contact info, Bridget, why don't you hit us with some news? All right. So if you're looking for a magic band that stands out, then you can visit the dark room at Hollywood Studios where they're selling a limited release Nightmare Before Christmas magic band for 20 So sticking with the dessert theme that we have tonight, there is a new fall dessert available at Sunset Ranch Market in Hollywood Studios called Pumpkin Tiramisu. And it's layered cream mascarpone and spiced pumpkin cake with cocoa on top. So that just sounds amazing. And now all this talk of dessert, now I'm just like craving chocolate and pumpkin. Uh, So next, a new animated short starring everyone's favorite snowman will be coming to Disney Plus on October 23rd 2020 it's called once upon a snowman and it will be available exclusively on disney plus and josh gad will be returning to voice the lovable olaf in a short that explains his origin story it will show what happens to olaf immediately after elsa created him and how he grew to love summer that's a really good point you know because he was created and then like he just has this love for summer you don't really question why so i love that they create a short just to explain that it will be directed by trent corey who was the animation supervisor for 
Frozen 2. And by Dan Abraham, who is a story artist who worked on Olaf's When I Am Older musical sequel in Frozen 2. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that's going to be a big hit, I think. I mean, I mean, Olaf is one of the most popular characters right now, especially with the younger audience being Frozen was such a hit, that that is probably going to break Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's going to. Definitely. All right, Bridge, thank you very much. And Sam, what do you got? If you're in the mood for a different type of tree, I am. You can once again find the spooky orange cauldron refillable popcorn bucket in multiple locations throughout Hollywood Studios. The bucket will cost you $17. And then if you want to refill it, it's $2. That's not a bad deal. That's a good deal. Not a bad deal at all. Also, construction has started again on Tron Light Cycle Run attraction at Magic Kingdom. Even with delays from COVID-19 pandemic, we are hoping for the attraction to be open in 2021, just in time for Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration. So I'm super excited on these. I'm currently working on, on a design for these. So I'm very, very excited. You know what's just hoping. So yeah. it's going to happen. I would... I was kind of surprised by this news. I was too. I know this. I, I feel like I know a lot of people like when you speak to a lot of people, what's their favorite ride now? I think more people than not will always say Flight of Passage. I feel like that's like popular ride right now. I have a feeling that, that Tron might overtake that when that comes out. If it's anything like what the one in Asia is, it's going to be a blast. I mean, because the other, the original one looks like crazy. So to think that this one's going to be the same, because from what I said, it's going to be the same exact same ride. It should be really cool and really fun. And I, I think it's going to be like the new favorite ride at Disney. It's probably one of those things you got to wait four hours to get on. Yeah. But it, after you get on, you can be like, you know what? Worth the four hours, you know? So I think with COVID too, they're struggling because a lot of plans got put on hold. And because this is so far, they're probably thinking, wow, this is a home run if we can pull this off for the 50th and really kind of mask everything. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it would be a real big deal to pull that off for that. When does the 50th officially start with like the celebration of it? Because, October, I would- you know, I've been, you know, that was going to be humongous. But because of everything that's happened, it's like, you know, there's not been a ton of talk about it. Mm-mm. You know, like what's going to be actually available? What's going to be different? I'm just curious. I, I guess I didn't look as to when it was supposed to officially start. I believe it's going to be October 1st, 2021. Hopefully we're we're way in the clear by then, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, I would think we would be by then. But, you know, I also didn't think we'd be this affected at this stage in the game either. So, and so that brings me to, brings the news to me. The ABC show Blackish will be getting another spinoff. This one's going to be called Oldish, and it's going to star Lawrence Fishburne and Jennifer Lewis, and they'll be reprising their roles as Earl Pop Johnson and Ruby Johnson. And it's going to follow them after moving into a rapidly gentrifying neighborhood in LA while trying to rekindle their relationship. And this is actually going to be the third spinoff of Blackish. And then also it's been announced that the Cinderella Castle holiday dream lights will not be hung for the 2020 season. Guests will still be able to take a festive picture with the castle because they will be having a series of rotating projections that will bathe the castle with a festive look. And that will include a magical holiday sweater and an overlay of red, green, and gold ornamentation but they won't be doing the Cinderella Castle Holiday Dreamlights set. So that's a bummer. What's the deal with that? Why? I don't understand. I, I, maybe they're afraid it's going to draw crowds. I just don't think it's like, going to draw crowds that are 
I, I, mean, I don't think it's a problem. It's not like fireworks. It, I agree, people, you know, but I, again, I was surprised when I saw that too, but I, I got to imagine that that's what it's for is just maybe just the crowd at my draw. Yeah, it's a shame because I think, I think that's something that people really enjoy that, you know, again, they're, they're, the holidays could be different this year, guys, you know, unfortunately. I uh, saw a couple of those projections. They were cool. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to, listen, I mean, everything's going to be muted compared to how they normally do it, but I'm sure whatever they can do is still going to be cool. Again, it might not be the holiday we wanted. But I'm sure it's still going to be, you know, or the holiday we wanted at Disney, but it's still going to, I'm sure, be a decent time. It's not like, you know, it's going to, I don't think it'll be a waste. I think it's still going to be fun. I think it's still going to be a good time. It's just uh, not what, if you go every year for these festivities, not what you're used to. Yeah, it's an adjustment. Yeah, so. And then also starting on September 14th and running through September 30th, guests at Tokyo Disneyland will get to see the Mickey and Friends greeting parade. And it's going to feature costumes and music from the very, very mini event that was held two years ago. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with that at all, but they had that event and it's going to be kind of themed after that and then also starting september 15th visitors to the magic kingdom will get to experience some fun halloween themed events the special halloween cavalcades mickey and friends and halloween costumes will pop up throughout the day and head down main street usa so that might be kind of fun them just coming out of nowhere not really on a specific parade and just just kind of like walking out of the uh, confectionery or something like that you know and um, on first on certain days you can even come across cavalcades of the Disney villains, such as the Queen of Hearts, Maleficent, Jafar. Uh, they might even have the Pumpkin King himself there, Jack Skellington. And uh, these are special Halloween cavalcades they'll run through October 31st. So that's actually pretty cool that they'll actually have some of these villains there that they don't have a lot of the times, you know. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Jack Skellington at the park. No, never. So that would be pretty kind of different and cool. So um, I don't know. If, maybe I just miss him. Maybe he's not there. I don't know if you guys have seen him. but Yeah, so Jack's usually at Magic Kingdom. You see, I've never caught him at Magic Kingdom. Yeah, they normally have him all the way in the back where Liberty is. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I never caught it. Yeah, Disney yeah it's very easy to miss. And there's always a huge line. We usually wait about, I want to say, an hour before the park closes. And that's when we make the line. It's a lot shorter than, than going right when the park opens and everybody's trying to get a picture. Yeah, I, I, I guess I just never been looking enough to catch him. Because like I said, that's the season I usually go. I just never had, you know, I just never, I never even thought he ever actually was there to even to miss him. So, but, um, and then actually some other cool stuff. The Dapper Dans will be returning to Disney's Magic Kingdom with their lovely acapella performances starting on September 20th. They will be performing as their undead alter egos called the Cadaver Dans. I feel like Stephanie loves the Dapper Dans. I'm looking at, I'm <laughs> pulling up airfare right now. I, I was going to say, let the audience know that Stephanie's jaw dropped. <laughs> <laughs> she I actually dresses like them sometimes. She has a picture with them. I've seen it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> in a video where she kind of went behind him and was waving. It's... Yeah, I want to be a Dapper Dan, but those cadaver Dans are so cool. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. guys have seen them. The makeup they do on that is, is pretty cool. That's it awesome. So cool. I hadn't heard that. So that is going to lead us now to this week's topic. Gene, Gene, I have one more little addition. Oh, wait. Breaking news. Let's see. Breaking news. Fresh <laughs> off the press. Right? Right off the ticker machine. <laughs> uh, if you stroll over to Sunshine Tree Terrace, home of the orange bird, which you know I love, in the Magic Kingdom, you can find a tasty beverage of strawberry Fanta with strawberry Dole Whip that comes with a souvenir straw and a figure of the Headless Horseman for only ten sixty nine. Take my money. Take it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love. I love all the Dole Whip. I mean, even like the lime one, the Peter was the lime one was Peter Pan, right? Peter Pan had lime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that one was probably my least favorite, but even that was still good. It just didn't hold up to the, the strawberry. I really like it's really good stuff. And with the Fanta, so it's almost got that, that float kind of feel now. So yeah, awesome. The headless horseman, though, that's so yeah, awesome. right. That's even yeah. that makes so it, awesome. No, it goes from well, it goes from being a delicious treat to just really cool merch at the same time. So, yep. mm-hmm. so I'm glad you interrupted the topic talk for that breaking news. That was pretty good stuff. <laughs> Well, <laughs> off the ticker. <laughs> and that does bring us to this week's topic talk. And as we said before, um, in honor of the live action Mulan, we're not going to discuss Mulan because we are afraid to give maybe a little bit of a spoiler. I know a lot of people haven't maybe seen it yet. So we're not going to discuss Mulan. But we thought maybe in uh, out of respect for Mulan, the live action, we'll talk about our other favorite live action remakes and where they hold up in the history of, of Disney. So with that, Bridget, what do you got? Dibs on Beauty and the Beast. I had to have it. <laughs> yeah, I was just so blown away. I mean, before I even saw it, I was interested because this movie, like, just almost like remade the original story. It added so much, like, background to the characters and it remade some of the characters. Like, Josh Gad was my absolute favorite part of that movie. And I think he was probably, like, the biggest, most, like, favorite change in that, like, LeFou's character. He used to be just the side character that just followed Gaston and, like, admired him or he maybe even like envied him but he just like did whatever he said and I love how Josh Gad's character in the live action he really stopped to like question the kind of person that he's following that he's friends with and makes comments about how like he realizes like he's the real monster and how he and then in the end he has a change of heart and he changes sides and becomes a good guy and he's in the ending scene like I just love that development of character and he just did it so well (laughs) I I hope everyone here has seen that movie. I should probably have asked that. Um, okay, let's just, yeah, let's like, we're going to be talking about some live action. So spoiler alert. Yeah, we're going to be spoiling on, all of these live action movies. But but, if, they, um, if they're Disney fans, if they listen to the show, they should have seen these by now. Let's be fair. So yeah, it's kind of your own fault if you. And uh, so yeah, they had some, the music in this movie was phenomenal. They took some of the classic tunes and they, they changed it up just a little bit. Like when they're singing about Gaston, like everyone just kind of joins in, but in the live action, it has a more realistic take where you see Josh Gad's character actually go around like tipping come on like let's sing along and get his spirits up you know like you wouldn't expect a whole bar to just break out in song for no reason so I like that they put some like realistic I guess perspective on that and like change some of some of the lines in the original song just to like switch it up those two characters like Luke Evans as Gaston was just fantastic like a character that was just so narcissistic and obnoxious and like Luke Evans makes it like a comic relief at the same time which is just so well done like the character cracked me up um, so those two Josh Gad and Luke Evans like together really played the part there's just so many big names in this film uh, which is not surprising like Disney does not like hold any punches they like they go all the way but um, but yeah like I just don't have a single terrible or even slightly bad thing to like th- does everything thing about this movie is seamless and it's like when I think of Disney like that's one word that I always think is like seamless everything is done like so thoughtfully and to the detail it's like 
so well done. So do you like this movie? Or? <laughs> it's all right. I mean, it's not my favorite. It's okay. No, it's uh, definitely my favorite live action for sure. Um, this is a really good movie, a good example of a Disney uh, remake that really stands on its own. You know, and I think they both have a place and it's not, you know, I think so many people are so quick to judge. Oh, how could you remake the original? The original is great. Yeah, it is great. But I was surprisingly shocked at how awesome this movie was. I really, yeah. really liked it. Did you feel there was any character that you liked better in the original animated version that you were like, ah, I wish they would have mm-hmm. something a little different with, with the live action, whether it be a different actor or actress or just the character was a little different you didn't appreciate? Or could you say you were all yeah, in? I don't- I don't have anything negative to say about any of the characters. I feel like they either stuck true to the original characters or they evolved them more, which I really like. I like all the changes that they made in the story and in the characters. And one really big change in this movie is uh, more background on the characters. So you find out that Belle, her family was originally from Paris and they lived in this tiny little attic and then the mother got the plague. I believe it was the plague. They kind of just like implied um, and they had to flee before they caught it and that's how they kind of replanted into this like provincial town i loved that they had background on the story and kind of put it all into context like why the mother wasn't around and um and then like her even going back into her childhood and like using the the magic that the beast had to do that like i just loved the depth that they added to it and it was just really well done and then you have like maurice isn't like just making a weird invention he's like making these like elaborate toys and uh, music boxes and like just beautiful pieces like I just love that you kind of like see the loneliness he has like like reminiscing about his his past life with his wife and it's just like really good changes so it just it just give you more more to the story that was already there like they didn't change anything too much they just gave you more good stuff all right well, that's I, I appreciate your take on Beauty and the Beast it was all wrong but I appreciate it mm-hmm. no I'm just <laughs> uh Sam Sam what, what movie did you have so this one was a hard one for me I pick Aladdin so that there's a lot Aladdin, of differences in Aladdin I feel I know yeah it is true this one's hard because everybody loves Robin Williams. So when Will Smith got into the role, everybody was kind of back and forth if they were going to like him or not. By the time I finished watching the movie, I felt like Will Smith put his own twist on it. Like he wasn't trying to fill in anybody's shoes. He actually put in his own twist. So I personally like the movie. The classic will always be the classic for me, but I felt like good job in everything that that they did. Will Smith was amazing. He was funny. Mena, I thought he was, I thought he looked exactly like Aladdin. I thought he did great. Naomi, she was another one that I felt looked just like Jasmine. So I was happy with it. I know Marwan, he was another guy that I was like, wow, that looks just like Jafar. So that was pretty cool. I thought the characters that they picked actually looked like the classics. So that was pretty cool. I was happy with the remake. Uh, I did was, I was also happy with the songs. My favorite song is A Friend Like Me with the, uh, it was like a remix with DJ Khali. Mm-hmm. That was actually pretty cool. The twist they gave kind of made it more like hip hop and more today's music. Also, overall, I thought they did a great job. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like the twist they gave. Um, it's I feel like all the songs they had from the original, they gave it like an updated twist on all of them. But uh, Will Smith, you're right. I remember when they first mentioned Will Smith and I don't know how you guys felt about it. I remember thinking like, I love Will Smith and everything he does. I just can't see him being the genie though. You know, I, I agree. I, but I, when I finally saw it, was pleasantly surprised. I 
he, you know, because again, like you said, everyone thinks of Robin Williams and you, it's such a synonymous, the genius just so synonymous with Robin Williams. Like you can't even fathom anybody else doing that role any bit of justice. And, and you're right. He did do Robin Williams' genie. He did Will Smith's genie and that genie was still really good. Um, but again, I thought, I, I would think, how are they going to pull that off? Will Smith is great. Um, I feel like that was the biggest hype, like bigger than their, the fact that there was going to be a remake of Aladdin. It was, how's he going to do on the genie? Because Robin Williams was like iconic. He was part of like so many of our childhoods. You know, we all like miss him and to think that someone else is going to play his role. When I heard it was going to be Will Smith, I felt like he's such a great actor. He's just as big an actor as Robin Williams. Like I knew that it was like in good hands. I didn't, you know, I didn't know how he was going to do it. I just knew that it was going to be awesome, like in his own way. Um, and I love that it didn't feel like he was trying to redo what Robin Williams already did. Like he exactly. said, make it his own, like someone else doing it. So Sam, so what would you say? Which was better, the original or the remake? I am I'm going to say that they're both great in their own way. So the classic will always be the classic, mm -hmm. but this one was a really good movie. It did have its own twist. I'm going to say both. I like them both. If you had to watch one tonight, you're like, I have to watch one of the Jeez, jeez. <laughs> I need an answer. Which I want one? An answer. Yeah, you can't give me a number. I need an answer. Um, I will say, okay, um, let me think about this one. I'm going to pick probably the remake. Wrong. Oh, just playing. We gotta watch because it. <laughs> you know that that review of what you said, you know, previous to that statement, but about that they, you know, you like them both. That's really the ideal review. I mean, that's what you want from these movies. Mm -hmm. You want them to be just as good on their own, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that they stay true to the classic but they put their own twist to it. And that's where I think you also got to sometimes look at these movies too, is you can't look at, when you go to watch one of these live action remakes, you can't put it up against, I mean, I know, and we all do, I get it. Like I'm just as guilty of it, but you can't really put it up to the animated version because it's going to be a different movie. It's a different time that we're, right. that it's being made in. Um, there's different things you can do live action as opposed to animated. Uh, so, I mean, I just think that, I, I think it's unfair. And, and some of these movies, like, you know, there's people that watch these movies that are just the traditionalists that right, wrong, or indifferent will always hold something against the remake just because, well, it's not the original. The original is better. Just because some people in their head think, well, the original has to be better. And I think Sam had the perfect answer is neither one's better. They're just really good movies in their own right. But I like that <laughs> Sam gives the review and then Gene's got to push it farther. Okay, we're going to isolate you in a room for a year. There's only room on your hard drive for one version. What is it? Even terrible. <laughs> it's the it's the hard hitting questions that we need to know. I, I would only go with the remake only because it's more up to up to today's you know era. So it's it has a little bit of hip hop, the music. I definitely like the music. So thank you very much, Sam. That was some great insight on Aladdin. Thank you. And so now we're gonna bring it to someone that we haven't heard yet on the podcast since the original episode. She is my best best friend, Angelina. I mean, I was. <laughs> well, gosh. Sorry, Dan. I hate, I hate for you to find out this way. Wow. Angelina, what movie did you have? I chose Cinderella. The live action remake of Cinderella. Okay, why don't you tell us about it? I really liked how it was like, it's kind of the live action one came out a little bit farther back. And it's not really a movie that will come first to mind in somebody else's mind. Yeah, it was one of the first ones they did, I think, when they started this whole like live action buzz. I feel like that might have been one of the first ones that they did. 
you're right. I think a lot of people kind of forget Cinderella was already done. They kind of they kind of snuck that one in. Yeah, I really like how all the actors like do play their role like in the correct way. What What did you think as far as the difference between the role, like the characters in the animated version and in the 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 new updated live action version? The difference of the role. Yeah, did you think there was any like what would you say one of some of the major differences were between the original one and the, and the and the remake? Some of the roles that were different were how Ella and Kit they met in the forest before the ball happened. So their role, they like met before the ball happened. Yeah, that was a little bit different. Yeah, in the animated movie, they met at the ball. Mm-hmm. Also, too, you know what I do with talking about backstories is I enjoy the fact that they give you more backstory to yeah. Lady Tremaine and the stepmother and the stepsisters and stuff. You get more of a backstory on that that you don't get in the the original original version. You don't get to know why there's such bitter women. Um, yeah. You kind of see a little bit more insight to them once you actually get to the the live action. Yeah, because in the animated movie, it just said Cinderella's dad thought she still needed another mother's help. So she decided to marry Lady Tremaine. And it didn't say like, and then in the live action movie, it said that he, he did, it did say that she still think, thought that Cinderella needed a um, mother. But he, he also said, oh, her husband died. So I think that maybe we could get together. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you like better which one do you like the original one or do you like the remake if you had to pick like don't give me both don't 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 cop out like sam did let's i want to hear your real answer which is the one that you if you had to pick one answer well one is one answer would have been similar like sam's but <laughs> if i had to watch one like right now it'll probably be the live action movie Ooh. okay why what made you like that one better because I like how it had more detail, and I like seeing how they would look with actually realistic. Well, let me ask you a question. What did you think about? Did you feel sorry for the stepmother? Because like, I feel like in the in the, in the in the original, you don't really get. Like I said, you don't really know her backstory. I think in the, I feel like in the remake, you get to know her backstory a little bit. I actually felt bad for her. I actually did feel a little bit bad for her because I think that. Since she she probably wasn't that mean in the beginning, I think that she probably since her husband died because that can be a big um, effect on somebody having their mm-hmm. husband die. That could make her like go mean and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the stepsisters they got affected too, or they m- might have been just spoiled brats the whole time. They could have been spoiled brats the whole time. You know who's a spoiled brat? Yeah, me. And well, yeah, well, Angelique. She's not here today, but you know Angelique. She's a good right? Wow! And you, and you know she's who's a, listening right now. You know who's a good daughter? Zoe. 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 Yeah. Angelique knows. I knew and, it. And Zoe are thick as thieves when she comes over. Cinderella. You know, I was thinking of that when that came out. It's like that's kind of when everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, they're really doing this." We went to it in the theater. I remember, mm-hmm. and I was reluctant, you know, because. Gus, I just didn't know. And I really thought it was good. I, did I mean, too. I loved it. That, but that really got me warmed up for everything coming out after that. That's why when Beauty and the Beast came out, I was like, I bet this is going to be yeah. just, you know, really yeah. good. I was just all in. And, 
it was. So that was kind of my intro to those and changed my way of thinking pretty much on anything that would come out. I Now I'm like going to give anything a chance, you know, and not have the stigma of it's a remake, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Dan and Steph. The reason we chose Christopher Robin is I don't feel it gets the attention it Mm -hmm. deserves. No, it didn't do very well. Mm -mm. And I still don't understand why. Yeah. I mean, I love this movie. We actually took my mom to it who really was with me early on with a lot of Winnie the Pooh reading and records and everything. So it was a shared love there. So it was really cool to take her to that. But yeah. you go in there and you don't know, you know, on all these movies what to expect. I thought it was really well done. I think the stuffed animal work was really done well. Mm-hmm. Like some of them, the CGI is just like a little, you really notice it like too much, mm-hmm. I feel. And mm-hmm. I didn't really feel that way with this. I didn't either. What did you like about and it? And I love, well, I loved Jim Cummings. I loved his book. He did such a great job with the voice of Pooh and yeah. Tigger. But I, there, the character development on Pooh was so great. There is a scene when they are in the train station and you want to kill him (laughs) (laughs) because he's so annoying and so but so simple but annoying yes there's so many times where you're just like oh my gosh don't screw this up poo and a lot of the humor is adult adult not Mm -hmm. in it's dirty by any means but it's very quick-witted really just kind of i feel like under the bad lips yeah and um visually there's a lot of cool things too like just who sticks his head in in the honey pot and it's got this ring of honey, but it's the fur is like so real, you know, that Mm -hmm. it really looks like it, but it's not like pointed out or anything. It's just kind of a subtle thing, which I think is really kind of geared towards adult. Yeah. And I like that whole idea of adults connecting with their childhood. And that's kind of what people were down on it for. Like Disney does too much adults connecting with childhood. It's like, well, What's wrong with that? I, I would yeah, say no, that's my every day. Yeah, that, right. So, and it, that's what everything is based on. I mean, yeah. the park and everything. Yeah, yeah. and it gets maybe a teeny tiny bit hokey for a minute, but Not the rest of the movie is so. I just thought it was beautiful. We were crying. Yeah, there's yeah a lot of tears in this one. Yeah, but um, and sometimes not because it's so sad. It's just it's just such an emotionally shot movie. You know, it's it's really about losing your way. You know, as an adult. I mean, this is early on. You know this, so this isn't a you know a spoiler. But, you know, how people can get sucked into their jobs and their work. And in the end of the day, it's really not about that. It's about being true to yourself and your family and enjoying life. You know, mm-hmm. my biggest issue, <laughs> you knew I was going to have one, right? I don't know. This. And ah, it really sticks out still is that Tigger is not orange, really. Oh, yeah. He's more of a very soft, like, tan Mm -hmm. and it really bugs me because (laughs) he is so vibrant you know Mm -hmm. that orange color and in the parks and the care you know and i'm not saying it had to be like that and like super new or anything because all the characters are kind of worn which is really cool yeah i love that um but it was just i felt it really threw it off because you know i'm so it's like if Pooh had a shirt that was not really red yeah right or yeah it just i felt it should just be a little pushed with the color but i agree i just thought it's definitely one of my favorite favorite Mm -hmm. movies I thought it was really good CGI the way they did the, the, all the characters too. The, yeah. Like, it looked like actual stuffed animals come to life. 
you know, I thought it was, I thought they did a great job with the, uh, you know, one thing I really loved about this too, is they go back and forth. They go back and forth with the book. So they're showing mm-hmm. illustrations in the book and then they fade into live action. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. You can only pick one of all the Winnie the Pooh movies. I like, I'm, I, I'm going with the remake. I like this one. The only thing I would say you get more of in the old one is a lot more Pooh humor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. more of that, which is, it's so good. But I would say the new one. Mm-hmm. I've watched it more than once. Yeah. If you can watch a movie more than once, then you know you you like the movie. Yeah. yeah. Nobody watches a movie a second time by accident. And the yeah. same emotion. Yeah. Like Actually, I do. I'll no. get on the couch and I can't reach the remote. And <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just too tired. I'm like, I guess I'm watching Golden Girls for three hours straight. Must <laughs> be all they're doing today. But all right. Well, thank you so much for your insight on Christopher Robin. Um, my film was actually probably the least different from the original. It, I feel like it was almost, and it, and it wasn't exactly this way, but I felt like it was almost line for line, shot for shot, almost the same film. I took Lion King and there's a lot of really cool things about it. I kind of liked how they did it where it was almost like shot for shot. You almost got to see the live action version of it shot for shot. So I actually, where a lot of people had a problem with that, where they thought maybe it wasn't unique enough, I kind of thought it was kind of cool because you got to see exactly how that would look if it was the real embodiment of actual animals and the nature around it and stuff. So um, I thought, and John Favreau directed it, and and I've shared my sentiments on on John Favreau before on this on this podcast. I think he should be in the Disney Hall of Fame for the work he's done with Disney. Agreed. Mm-hmm. This movie being one. And I love the cast in this movie. The cast is great. The only beef I have with it, I feel like everybody that they had, and, and again, this is going to sound like it's a, a negative review and it's not. I still loved it. You know, I've probably watched Lion King probably about three or four times at least. But my one beef with it is I felt like everybody involved with it, it was not even their best work. You know, like I love Donald Glover, but you know, he was good. But like, you know, his best work was Atlanta. Beyonce is obviously one of the biggest superstars on the planet. I didn't, you know, I thought, you know, she was okay as Nala. I just thought it could have been a little better. Just John Oliver was cool as Zazu. The one thing I thought was different, what I liked about Zazu is I felt like they gave him, they gave him more jokes. I feel like the first time around, he was just more of like very like too straight edge. And I thought this time they gave him jokes where he was talking about his cousin that was a woodpecker. And I thought they gave him a little bit more, um, more freedom on the lines and almost like John Oliver style, I thought too. So that was kind of cool. The best acting job I thought was done in it. And the ironic part is I thought that they shouldn't use this actor for this role. I thought they should have went with the original the same way they did Mufasa was I really thought they should have came back with Jeremy Irons doing the voice of Scar because to me, Scar's voice is so iconic that to me, there's no other choice but Jeremy Irons. The actor who played him, Tuito Ejiofor, is a tremendous actor, 12 Years a Slave, Doctor Strange. He was uh, called Mordo in Doctor Strange. So he's got a, a laundry list of great roles that he's played. Um, and I thought he was actually the best in the movie. I just wish that role would have went to Jeremy Irons just because of the voice that I, I know of Scar. Uh, the one thing that was cool is that thought the way they did Scar was awesome. Like, you know, he had like the mange. He was just like, he was balding. Like he just looked rough and beat up. He looked like what Scar really should look like. I thought they did a better job of, of, of showing how he looked in the live action than they did in the original. And the original was just, he was kind of skinny and he had a scar on his face. This one here, like I said, he had the mange. It looked like he had no fur on his body. His, his mane was like kind of balding and he looked skinny. I mean, I just thought that the, the way they made him look was a lot cooler. Um, and I thought that was the best acting job in the, in the whole film. I thought he really played that to a T. And again, Donald Glover was great. Beyonce was great. I just, 
I was hoping to get the best of Donald Glover. I was hoping to get the best of Beyonce, the best of Billy Eichner, the best of Seth Rogen. And it wasn't that. And again, this is going to sound like a negative knock and it's not at all. I thought the movie was phenomenal and, and one of my favorite out of all the live actions. And they did shoot it where it was almost shot for shot. John Favreau, I remember doing an interview. He even said, there's so many iconic scenes in the original that you kind of had to show it shot for shot because there's certain scenes, it's like, which do you leave out? I thought that was actually a cool way to really kind of to put it. You know, I mean, listen, it did over a billion dollars at the box office. So, you know, it wasn't a failure by any stretch. Um, I also loved how they brought in the same guy who did the music in the original, Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer, uh, who did the, again, he did the music in 1994, the animated version. He's legendary with his scoring and his music. I just expected it to be like, when when I heard that Donald Glover was, was playing Simba, I was like, this is going to be Donald Glover's masterpiece. Even though he's not really like physically in it, I just thought like, all right, this is going to be his biggest role ever. Because I mean, it is an iconic role in film history. I mean, Simba, one of the biggest animated Disney yeah. films. Oh, and he's then, awesome. I just expected something different, I guess, maybe. I mean, again, he was good. I thought John Favreau did a great job directing it. I just, I just thought I, w- I was hoping that when I saw these actors work, I'd see their best work ever. That's kind of where I was, I was at with it. Cause they got the, the cast they assembled was phenomenal. I mean, look, Billy Eichner, Seth Rogen, Beyonce, James Earl Jones, Donald Glover, Edgy Afor, John Oliver. I thought the cast was, was great. They even had, uh, Eric Andre was in it. So I, listen, I, I, I love the, the cast they put together, they get to play, they put together for it. I, again, I just thought I was going to get their work, their best work I've ever had. And, you know, they all had better stuff elsewhere, which I guess maybe I was just putting too much pressure on it because, I mean, that's always the case. You can only have one best film, right? So this just happened to not be theirs. And again, the one character I kind of thought they should have went with a different actor on, I thought was the best out of them all. The actor who played Scar. I just wanted to see Jeremy Irons in that role just because of the voice. But, you know, they did, and they did change a few things. Like, I, I can't sit here and say that it was completely the same. Like, like I said, they, they changed up the idea with the hyenas. Like, if you remember in the original, when Scar first comes to the hyenas to talk about basically taking out Mufasa, you could kind of get the sense that they've done work before. Like, the hyenas were like, hey, buddy, hey, you know, and Scar kind of didn't really like them, but you could tell they kind of like Scar and they knew each other. There was at least a history. They, they must have done something foul in the past. They, they definitely collaborated on some scheme. In the new one, when he walks in, it's kind of like they're ready to attack Scar. Like they wanted nothing to do with Scar and Scar has to kind of talk them into them joining his cause to take Mufasa down. So that was a little different, but yeah. So I just, I just kind of, I, I loved it, and I know this sounds like a little bit of a bummer review, and I think that's, but it's not. Like I, I would say, if if you had to watch one, I'd probably still say watch them both. I'm gonna cop out like Sam did. <laughs> wow, what a hypocrite! <laughs> you know, I, just, I just realized if you could I, I gave pick one of the movies on your hard drive. Which one would you pick? <laughs> you can only pick one. The original for me. Yes. The original. And I again, and I love and I love both. I would give it maybe three and a half stars. But the original, I gave four out of four. And that's me looking at, at I think it through a fair lens, not the traditionalist part of me. All right, so guys, you know what that was, right? That was a show. We had a good show today, guys. Let's go over both those giveaways one more time just so everybody can uh, make sure they got it. The first giveaway to win the cosmetic bag and the two Disney ear straps. Uh, you're going to want to DM us the correct answer from this week's question on last Wednesday's episode of the Disney Top 5, which was uploaded on September 9th. Actually, I'm sorry, September 10th. We actually uploaded on Thursday. Those episodes, you know what? Correction, I forgot to tell you guys. We're actually going to upload those Top 5 episodes now on Thursdays. Um, so they'll be coming on later instead of Wednesdays. So that's my fault for not mentioning it before. I apologize, Sam. Um, but on the September 10th episode, Samantha gave her top five table service restaurants. What was Samantha's number one table service restaurant in Walt Disney World? So DM us the answer at our Instagram, at The Magical Lifestyle. One lucky winner will be selected from all the contestants with the correct answer. You have from now until Thursday, September 17th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the winner will be announced on next week's show, airing on Monday, December 21st. 
And then we have the big Instagram giveaway we're doing in conjunction with WDW Magazine. Uh, you have a chance to win a one-year subscription to WDW Magazine's digital edition. And you also get to win a $100 Disney gift card. So what you're going to do is you're going to make sure you go to Disney. I'm sorry, go to Instagram and you're going to follow both The Magical Lifestyle and you're going to follow WDW Magazine. And you're going to go to the post regarding this contest. It was posted on Sunday, September 13th. You're going to like the post. You're going to tag two friends to get an entry. You're going to be able to earn an additional entry for every additional friend you tag. So just keep tagging people. You get more and more entries and more chances to win. And I want to say good luck on both those giveaways, guys. That's a really cool prize. And it, we're just really blessed to have WDW Magazine magazine get involved with us and, and us do some stuff with them and they do again if you guys don't even don't win this thing you should check it out and you get yourself a subscription ask dan dan has one and he will tell you it's worth every penny i'm sure and it's not that many pennies the digital it's, version it's, it's you're, you're right it's, you're right it's definitely affordable and um especially if you're a disney fan it's a no-brainer it's really cool stuff they have like a, their own little different spin they're not owned by disney they do it on their own it's the non-affiliated they just love disney and they just really capture a lot of the cool moments that you're going to see in the parks in their in their magazines so the cool thing about the magazine, little note here is in the digital version, there's also like within the page, you'll see it. There's links to YouTube videos mm -hmm. and all the photography is you can download it. Yeah. And you know what? Also too on their Instagram, they always have really cool video. I don't know if you ever check their stories, they're always in a park doing something cool and just something like just makes you really wish you were there. Like they're not on the payroll with Walt Disney World. They really should be because there's not a time you'll watch one of their stories and like want to instantly book a trip. They really, they really make you feel like you're there and yeah. miss not being there. So they just do a phenomenal job. I love it. I really love it. So we do want to give some big thank yous to our sponsor this week, Mouse and Magic Designs. So go check out their Instagram at Mouse and Magic Designs and their website, www.mouseandmagicdesigns.com. And a huge uh, thank you to the new friend of our show, Sophia Espinosa from NBC affiliate WAND in uh, Illinois. All right, with that, let's say goodbye to the crew, Dan and Steph. Bye. Well, <laughs> if you want to check out our content, make sure to go to uh, at Rock and Roll DW on Instagram, and we're also on Facebook. And have a rip roaring day. <laughs> Bye. Definitely check out their their Instagram. They are two of the funniest cats you're gonna find on Instagram, especially if you love Disney. It's a no brainer. Bridget. <laughs> Bye now. And don't forget to check out my anime Studio Ghibli candle company on Etsy. And that is starlightcandles.com slash shop slash starlightcandles LLC. All right. And Angelina, it's your first time on the show. You yeah, were great. Thank you. Well, I'm just being nice. You were okay. <laughs> no, you were phenomenal. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you again on really soon. Thank you for coming in and uh, being so brave as a little, little guy. Guy? Girl? Yeah. You know what Hello. I mean. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Um, make sure to check out my. I, you know what? I don't have any social media. Um, <laughs> keep watching the episodes to see me. Wow, that's a little bit of a bit much on the ego. Sam, we'll see you next time. Yes, see you guys and check out our Etsy, our Instagram. Actually, it's JSA Creations, J S A C R three D T I O N S, and our Etsy is also Etsy.com forward slash shop for slash JSA creations. And I know you guys got some cool stuff coming out for the season stuff, for the ho yes. Halloween and stuff. What do you got? We just, just released our last Halloween um, design and I'm really excited about it. It has uh, some of our favorite sisters. So definitely check it out. The Golden Girls? <laughs> no. <laughs> Which sisters? Think of Spooky and your three favorite sisters. Sanderson sister? No. Never heard of them. Wow. Focus, focus. I'm, I'm just teasing. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we would have kicked Gene off. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, no, and you also have the Maleficent ears I saw. Yes. Awesome. So definitely, guys, look out for that. And uh, so 
with that, I just want to thank you guys for listening. And remember, have a great today, a better tomorrow. We'll see you next week.